This is Michael Bailey, and you are listening to the Fire and Water Podcast Tour 2015. Sure I can't do this for the Power Record Show? To another exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me today are a dozen different co-hosts, and not one of them is my usual co-host, Rob. Apparently, he couldn't be bothered to be here. Something about a new Star Wars trailer coming out soon, and he needed some alone time, whatever that means. Regardless, you heard me right earlier. Today, you are going to hear a dozen. That's right, a dozen different co-hosts. These are different nuclear subs that I visited with on my world tour. You know, in my line of work as a door-to-door sex toy salesman, I visit a lot of different cities. And this year, I took advantage of my travels and visited with lots of different nuclear subs. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, that's a name we've given to folks that listen to the Fire and Water podcast. And today, we're going to feature some audio recorded during those visits. But first, let's thank our sponsor. This episode of the Fire & Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is the best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Today, I want to give a shout-out to Love & Capes Trade Paperback, written and drawn by Tom Zoller, a voice you're going to hear in just a few minutes. This one's put out by IDW. It's 152 pages. It normally retails for $19.99, but right now you can get it for 30% off, which is $13.99. And this is, uh, in, in short, a superhero romantic comedy. Lots of fun you got to check it out. And lots of the other trade paperbacks are out there as well, deeply discounted. So pick up those. Love and capes. Also want to give a shout-out to Giant Size Marvel Trade Paperback. This has a collection of different writers like Len Wein, Roy Thomas, Steve Gerber, Don McGregor, Roger Slifer, Jerry Conway, Tony Isabella. 
pencils including Dave Cockrum, John Bushima, Rick Butler, Don Heck, Gil Kane, Frank Robbins. It keeps going and going. And what this is, these are collected stories from different giant-sized comics, which is sort of also relevant to a later discussion. Giant-sized Fantastic Four, giant-sized Avengers, giant-sized Defenders, giant-sized Superheroes, giant-sized Invaders, giant-sized X-Men. You're getting kind of the hint of where this is going. So anyway, you can pick this up right now through in-stock trades. It normally retails for $24.99. In stock trades price is $14.49. That's a 42% saving. So, folks, for this and all your other trade paperback needs, please visit InStockTrades.com. At the top of the show, you heard a bumper from Michael Bailey, my buddy from Views in the Long Box. We had a great time catching up at Dragon Con. Always great to see Michael. Later on in the show, you're going to hear another bumper from a gentleman named David Sopka, who does the Shout of the Devil Blue Devil podcast. And he and I got a chance to hang out in Michigan when I was up there. Now, the bulk of the Today Show is going to be made up of two different segments. The first group is when I stopped off in Columbus, Ohio, and visited with a gaggle of geeks. Now, here's here's the roll call for this giant collection of people we hung out with together. Little Russell Burbage, Professor Alan Quarterbin, Emily Middleton, Tom Zoller, Michael Bradley, Al Girding, who goes by Van Z, and J.C. Byro, who goes by Retcon. All of us hung out. We went out and had some burritos. We talked. We went to a comic book store. Had a fantastic time. Really enjoyed my trip to Columbus, Ohio. Thanks, guys. Next, we're going to travel to Iowa, where I visited with Kyle Benning in his podcast studio. That's right. I went to the podcast studio for King Size Comics Giant Size Fun. Kyle and I hung out in a comic book store and had a very nice chat. It was great to finally meet him face-to-face. And then finally, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to close it out with a brand new version of our closing theme. The previous version of our theme was performed by Daniel Cynical Adams and Ashton Burge. And this new version got the guys together again, and they are accompanied by... Me! That's right. I sing along with uh, Daniel Cynical Adams and Ashton Burge from when we hung out in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. These poor, poor souls. They Not only did they have to go to a comic book shop with me, we went out for some amazing barbecue, but then they had to endure my horrible singing voice. We actually played the new theme last week, just to see if you people would notice, and only one of you did. So congratulations, all but one of you have failed the test to become the world's greatest detective. You are not worthy to wear Batman's cowl. So, Alright folks, here we go. Let's uh, stop off in Columbus, Ohio. Hello, coming to you live from Columbus, Ohio. This is, I guess, a segment you call Eight is Enough because we were sitting around a table with a bunch of geeks. First of all, let's go around and introduce everyone. Introduce themselves. I'm Tom Zoller, uh, writer of Love and Capes and Long Distance. Uh, little Russell Burbage from Columbus, Ohio. I'm from the Legion of Super Bloggers. Emily Middleton from the Relatively Geeky Network. JC Byro or Retcon. Michael Bradley, host of Superman and Batman and Parallel Lines. I am Al Girding, but I post as Van Z on Facebook. Professor Alan Quarterbin from Shortbox Showcase, Quarterbin Podcast, and the upcoming Darkness to Light. And my name is Rob Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I know Rob Kelly. (laughs) You you are no Rob Kelly. Kelly. Thank goodness for that. So what we thought we'd do is just have a brief conversation. Thought it might be fun for people to talk about some of their favorite comics from the past that may not be well-remembered necessarily or well-regarded. Sort of guilty pleasures. And uh, Tom, with his enormous ego, volunteered to go first, so we'll let him go first. <sighs> Bastard. Captain <laughs> Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. That's what I was going to say. Damn it. I <laughs> love that book. I, I made a bet with my dad that it would go past issue 10, and I won that bet. <laughs> so I, I just adored that book. There superhero funny animals shouldn't work they shouldn't work as well as did it, it was never a great book but it was a lot of fun and i love scott shaw and i love rick hoberg and the crossovers they did and yeah, it was just it was a stupid amount of fun 
And uh, didn't they get a showcase finally recently? I know they solicited it. I don't remember if it, if it got killed or not. I think it, I think it got killed, okay. but I think it came out. Good stuff. That's actually a good comic. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I always liked Red Tornado. We were just talking about characters that nobody likes. And, nobody likes and I, Red Tornado. I always liked Red Tornado. His his debut as a Justice Leaguer with Dick Dillon and Dick Giordano art was was classic. I the way he kept exploding was was pathetic, but in a in a heartwarming way because he was trying to prove you know he was the Tin Man. He was the tra- guy trying to prove that he had a heart. He was a human. He 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 took one for the team. He took made the ultimate sacrifice. Granted, he was not always handled very well, but that issue where he actually. Re- joined the Justice League and, and Hawkwoman joined when everybody's like, please believe in me. I thought that's that's still one of my all-time favorite comics, even though people say it's it's crap. I think saying Justice League is a guilty pleasure is a bit of a cheat, but I will give it to you for Red Tornado because he's a complete mort. So fair enough. This one's going to be embarrassing, especially among a bunch of comic book people because mine is a manga. Do it. Whoa. Yes. Yes. And it's worse than that. It is something called Sherlock Bones. <laughs> Yes, I am a fan of Sherlock Holmes, and in this iteration... Do I have to say this out loud? Oh, it's, 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 it's coming, man. It's happening. It's happening. They're Googling it already at home. He's you know that, right? reincarnated into a dog, and his owner is Watson. I think I've said enough. <laughs> Sorry, teenage Watson in, in high school. As a teenage high school Watson Nice meeting everybody. i got to drive home now. <laughs> Audio does not do justice to the faces people are pulling at this moment as you describe this horrible-sounding book. If, if it's what I think it is, I've actually read it in its original Japanese. Sure dog. If it's, sure dog if it's is the, the book, Japanese. I think it is. Yes. Now, let's be clear. Being called uh, Sherlock Bones, is this a porno comic or is this like straight? <laughs> well, it's... How long have we been recording and Shag went there? Okay. It's a manga, so it couldn't go either way. Somewhere. Okay. No, well, it is family friendly. Okay. Aside. <laughs> Aside from the murders, it's family friendly. I'm going to say, if you look at my collection, 98% of it is pure superhero. However, I have a hard time passing up Richie Rich comics. When I was <laughs> oh, okay. right. Cadbury. For some reason, when I was a kid, I loved them, and I still have to buy them if I see them. So. I've really? Picked, I've picked up a few recently in the quarter bins, half-price books here in town. You'll, you, you'll see them sometimes uncover, you know. Those issues with versions, Super Richie? Oh, my God. That's the best of both worlds. <laughs> Jackpot. Jackpot. I like the Jackie Jokers ones. Very good. Very good. <laughs> now, wasn't that uh, Harris or Harvey Comics? Or who Harvey was? Comics. Yes. Harvey. Are they the same ones that did Sad Sack? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Sad I think Sack. so. Okay, because I love me some Sad Sack. Yeah. I bought a huge stack not too long ago and made my kids read it. They all think it's hilarious. So. Well, I'm 44. I'm a large male, and I enjoy Richie Rich Comics. <laughs> proud of you. We're proud of you. There's a meme going around where there's a picture of Casper and Richie Rich and it's like brothers of another mother or something because they're both, they're like Richie Rich and then bald albino Richie Rich. Oh, Casper. <laughs> you know, it's they're the same guy. Casper's just, it's just a dead little boy. It's like, yeah. oh, so sad. I have so, to say, I don't like the Macaulay Culkin movie. Oh, <laughs> it's fair Thank to put you. that qualifier out there. That was a smart move. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with this one and this is going to elicit booze from the table around given an earlier booze? conversation. We're, dr- we're going to start drinking? Booze? This could get more fun or start getting fun. Yes. I really like the Dallas for Hero comics and I'm being oh! <laughs> I wanted to say that but I don't like them. <laughs> Completely serious. I realize they're really repetitive but they're fun and great for younger kids if you have younger kids. I'm going to so. recuse myself from this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we have a creator of a Dial for H uh, here. Dial, Dial for H, right? Dial, Dial for H. Sure, sure, yeah. That thing. Uh, we have a creator here with us. So I, I like them all except uh, anybody. Yeah. That was probably the weak. But the rest of them. That was you're, weak. That was weak. Solid. You're going to feel a 
pressure on your temples? That's me trying to explode your head scanner style. Gil Kane drew him on the cover. Screw you. Wow, that would have been awesome feeling, I bet. Gil Kane drawing your character. That's yeah. pretty amazing. That, yeah, it's crazy. That is pretty amazing. I gotta say, I like the reboot in the, was it the oh, 2000s yeah. or whatever, oh, when they came by? Yeah. Will Pfeiffer? I like that yeah. series. Well, it was kind of dark and, yeah. It ended up, yeah, pretty dark. Yeah, that was, was decent. I, I've noticed a, a pattern in my comic collecting. When I was younger, I was drawn to gritty stuff as a little kid, and I was picking up the trade of death in the family. Because what kid doesn't like uh, murder? Robin getting <laughs> killed <laughs> by a tire iron. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As I got older, I got into weird black and white humor comics, Darkthorn, and or Blackthorn comics, Laughing Gas, Boris the Bear, stuff that doesn't make any sense for me to have read. Then as a t- <laughs> then as a teen, I started reading Archie comics because that's sort of reverse. <laughs> That that makes usually sense. one way, the other one follows the other. Now I'm reading things like Adventure Time, so... <laughs> so you're, the, you're I, I, the Benjamin Button of comics. I'm the comic <laughs> Benjamin Button. So I, I wouldn't say that I have any guilty pleasures now, but in about ten years, when I'm inevitably reading Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood comics, I'll, I'll, I'll be ashamed. <laughs> I don't really have any guilty pleasures, because I'm not ashamed of anything I read, but there's some not very good Legion that I, that I, I revel in. I revel in the ridiculous 70s Disco Legion. I can send you various copies of that stuff that I'm trying to get rid of. Oh, thank you very much. I will I will gladly take those. Tyrock. I'm a Tyrock. Oh my god. Tyrock is not a guilty pleasure. Tyrock is awesome. That is my favorite issue of a comic ever. And I'm so sad that my show ended okay. before I could cover it. It's the best. No, that that's a guilty pleasure. I do. That is yeah, yeah. The Tyrock issue. The, the introduction of Tyrock. That's Shag Dawn Star is what? Hot. Very hot. Totally hot. <laughs> oh man. Thanks for that segue. I appreciate that. So I was trying to figure out how to work this in because I wasn't going to say it about you people. So. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure? Well, I, when Hanging I, out with these seven. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Going state to state, being stuck to talk to people because I don't want to be in a hotel room. I worked in a comic shop in the 90s. I read a lot of the comics that were on the shelves, and a lot of it was crap, especially in the the boom of, like, you know, 92, 93, whatever. And I read a lot of Marvel at the time, even though I'm really a DC guy at heart. Things like Darkhawk, I just, I get so much joy from a stupid comic like Darkhawk. And there's somebody at home yelling at their Zonophone going, no, Darkhawk is the best! And you know what? Stick to your guns, you sad little man. (laughs) But things like Darkhawk, New Warriors, all those sort of goofy ones. Here's one I'm reading right now. I got Marvel Digital Unlimited, because I don't talk about that enough. And I am reading, this isn't from the 90s, I guess, but Exiles... It's stupid, it's disposable, it's not really that good, but damn, I can't stop reading it. And it's just like, I'm loving every, it's like the stupidest who, uh, what if comic. It's like, this is great, I love it. Guilty pleasure comics are fun. Things you read on a Sunday afternoon when you're just wasting time and you know you should be doing something constructive with your life. That's what they're for. Like recording a podcast, listening to a podcast, editing a podcast. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Telling friends you're listening to it even though you didn't. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Well, I I just want to say thanks to all these people for coming together here in, in Columbus and being willing to hang out with me in my sad, sad little life. OH. IO. Oh. Right. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. I'm going to cut this piece at the end off anyway. So. Hey, this is David Sapko from Shout Out the Devil, featuring the Blue Devil, one and only podcast featuring Blue Devil, and you're listening to the Fire and Water Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of FirestormFan.com, and I think, at this point, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun, dot blogspot.com, is that right? That's right. 
I'm sitting here with Kyle Benning, the host of the, the aforementioned uh, podcast. And if you're recording with Kyle Benning, where should you be, Kyle? You should be in a car. You should be specifically in Kyle Benning's car. That's where I'm sitting, ladies and gentlemen. I am face-to-face, or uh, Firestorm to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, with Kyle Benning in his car. I am actually in the car with him. This is utterly bizarre. I feel like uh, we should be doing a Crisis on Multiple Earths podcast or something. There you go. Yeah, I should probably get to, you know, actually putting those out every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I see it recall I got invited to do a Dr. Fate team-up one, like yeah, a year ago, yeah, maybe? maybe like five years from now, I'll actually get to that part. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Thanks so much. Really excited. Looking forward to doing that yeah well i've been moving and haven't had an internet connection and been doing all sorts of home improvement stuff so hopefully here uh by the time this goes up i'll be back to putting episodes out regularly yeah i'll believe it when i see it so we are in mason city iowa and if you're thinking you can stalk kyle benning down to his hometown wrong no he's driven far 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 from home to be here for this because he's scared of you people anyway uh we just spent i don't know a couple of hours probably over at oak leaf comics which is a now forgive me i'm sorry i'm not from Iowa, so I'm going to be a dick. Um, it's, it looks to me to be like a kind of a small little town. You say it's big. Yeah, Mason City is <laughs> one of, well, it's probably the biggest town in the uh, upper northeast third uh, of the state. Well, from what I can tell, it's two blocks long and the tallest <laughs> building's four stories. And that's only one of them. Everything else is two stories. So Yeah, you're not going to see anything above four stories in Iowa. It's <laughs> <laughs> in Des Moines, but yeah. So it seems like a small town. However, Oakleaf Comics was gorgeous. It was a nicer comic shop than I've been to in most large cities. It was really, really nice. Yeah, I had never been here before, but it's definitely one of the, the nicer ones I've been to in Iowa. There's a couple in Des Moines that are uh, very similar, maybe a little bigger, but this definitely ranks right up there with them and is one of the best ones in the state. So we saw some cool Power Record stuff. We did. Kind of overpriced, but uh, still pretty cool. One of the old Star Trek ones. One of the old Star Trek with, like, ones. The full-size LP sleeve, yep. which is gorgeous. We saw, what was that Superman one? Ah, I forget what the title was, but it was a Superman one that they wanted $50 for. Okay, you're kind of the Superman guy in the car. I was kind of relying on you to come up with this one? I don't have a record player. Okay, you, you got something <laughs> on your shoulder that looks an awful lot like a Superman symbol, though. Yes, I do, but... Check. Superman is an important character. He's not like Firestorm. You can't keep track <laughs> of all this stuff by putting pen to paper and spending five minutes of writing stuff down. There's a lot of merchandise to collect. It's impossible to know everything about it. Fine. I'm sure even experts like Michael Bailey have blind spots. Are you kidding? He's yelling at his Zonophone right now. That was the blah, blah, blah power. I even made Kyle sort of like bend the comic a little to see if the, if the record was still in there. It definitely was. Because it's comic sized. Yep. Which was bizarre. We saw lots of cool statues, lots of cookie jars. Yeah, they had a lot of neat cookie jars. They had a Fonzie cookie jar. They did have a The Fonz. That was awesome. They had one that was like a Justice League bust, that it was a Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman all in the same cookie jar. <laughs> he said Wonder Woman and bust. <laughs> <laughs> we went through the, the, the cheap bin, which, by the way, sorry, Professor Allen, cheap bin's only $2. But we found some cool stuff. Yes, which uh, Professor Allen, I think, would approve of. I got the first nine issues of Mike Grell's Star Slayer run for two bucks in each. Nice. And the first issue of that has the first kind of cameo appearance of the Rocketeer, and the second one is the first full appearance. Both of those were in there, so those were nice little scores for two bucks. Dave Stevens, that's, that yeah. is some gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And I don't think I've ever seen that first appearance of uh, Rocketeer in the wild before. Me either, no. It doesn't sell for real high on eBay. I've had my eye on it for a while now, but uh, it's nice to find it in person and not have to pay the shipping. Yeah. Let's see, I'm going to pull my comics out here. You're going to hear genuine comic bag noise because we don't scrimp on the special effects or sound effects on this thing. Alien Legion, because I don't know if you remember, well, you don't because you're like a baby and neophyte or whatever, but when, when I was coming up, there was ads for Alien Legion on the back of the direct market comics. 
somebody at home is going, I know what you're talking about. But anyway, Alien Legion used to be on the back of the direct market Marvel comics at some point around 84 or whatever. So I always wondered. So I picked up the Dark Horse Omnibus Volume 1. Looks pretty cool. The art's amazing. Looks like a cool special uh, sci-fi comic. Looking forward to that sitting on the shelf for 10 years and maybe getting around to reading it. Got on, on Kyle's recommendation, and it better not suck, The Futurians, the Marvel graphic novel by Dave Cockrum. So this would be, what, 83, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. 83, 84-ish. Yeah, so very nice. I love that the cover price is six ninety five, but I only paid 6 huh? That's pretty cool. That is. Then got some old Commandies, Star Hunters. So I remember them from the Who's Who, and they had some redunculous adventures according to Who's Who. So I look forward to reading that. Doomsday Plus One from Charlton. No idea what that was. Early John Bernard. That's why I bought that. That's yeah. right. E-Man. 2001, A Space Odyssey by Jack Kirby. Nice. So fun, cool stuff. Yeah. Saw some uh, interesting stuff digging through the the cheap bins there. There was uh, a lot of gold key painted covers. Yes. Solar, Man of the Item, a couple Tarzans in there. Uh, was there Solar? I remember Magnus. Or Magnus. Yep, Magnus Robot Hunter. Uh, that's what it was. Robot Fighter? Or Robot Hunter? Fighter. Yeah. God. I'm well, just, you really suck I'm at just this. blurring all those, thinking all... I just blended like three 90s Valiant things all into one. Was it, was it Buffy, the, Buffy the Robot... Yeah. Man of the Atom? Is that yeah, what comic you're thinking of? Speaking of that, did you notice? Cheap Ben, no Turok Dinosaur Hunters, number one. Oh! I still have never seen one of those in the wild. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. I've never come across a Turok Dinosaur <laughs> Hunter, number one. Just the other day, in a dollar comic bin in my own hometown, I came across a stack of, like, I don't know, eight or nine of them, just all together. And yeah, no. One. Still have never seen one. It's, um, there's a lot of them out there. There's a whole they bunch. They didn't come to Iowa. <laughs> Everyone in Iowa knew better. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it is. Iowa's scared of the chromium. It's a, maybe, maybe chromium's illegal in Iowa. Maybe that's a thing. Oh, it's a shit ton of X-Men 300, so. <laughs> <laughs> is that the wedding, right? Is it? I, I think. Never read it. Just know it's got the fine, the shiny foil cover with Wolverine and Bishop on it all kind of running at the screen. That's or running same. towards the, the reader. Uh, what were some of the other ones? They had the Boris, Boris uh, Karloff. That's right. Monster comic. That was super cool. They had a ton of like gold key, old funny books. Yep. Uh, super Goof, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Uh, a lot of those uh, old kitty comics. There was a, there was a fair amount of Charlton also in there. And you picked up, you and I both picked up some of that. Growing up, I never saw Charlton in the wild. Really? I, ever? No, I mean you you weren't born by the time they were shut no, down. No, right? I, I inherited some though. So okay. my uh, dad's and un- my dad and uncles had come across them. I had a couple issues. The the Doomsday Plus One John Byrne series that you got and some like a. Uh, Fighting Marines. Okay. Uh, some of those. There's some Navy comics. comics in there, too. Yep. We saw some of those. We saw a Nestle, a, a Superman Nestle Quick comic? Is that what Yes, there was. And they were asking $8 for it, otherwise I would have bought it. There was a WizKids predecessor yep. to the Superman WizKids crossover Radio Shack. And then there was, like, educational comics that were published in Dayton, Ohio, bi-monthly. Yep. What was the name of that? Treasure Chest or Treasure something Treasure Chest. Like yes, yes. So, Professor Allen, we're looking at you, or Little Russell Burbage, or Tom Zoller, or any of you Ohio folks... Uh, if you know, if you're familiar with Treasure Chest, looks like they're given out at school, probably. Yeah, and there was probably close to ten of them that we yep. came across. There was a big boy comic. There was a big boy comic. <laughs> yep. So, all right, stepping back from all this, I, I've heard the story before about, and you actually recited on, on Firewater podcast about how you inherited a bunch of comics. Um, what's the first couple comics you remember reading? I had big runs that I inherited of of the Sal Buscema era of Hulk when uh, Bill Mantlo was writing those. Wow. A couple of the Len Wein written issues. The Marv Wolfman and John Byrne runs of Fantastic Four. So when Wolfman was writing and then Byrne came on, I think it was 209 was his first issue. And then when Byrne took over, it was 232. I have almost that entire run that I inherited. And then Marvel's G.I. Joe series. Okay. Which now I cover on a podcast. And what's the name of that podcast? The Real American Headcast with Ryan Daly, your pal. Yep. And... 
Aaron Head Moss. Also my pal. Yes. Except Ryan Daly's not really. Yeah. Because he's a jerk. <laughs> so where, where would people find this podcast? <laughs> Head speaks. I don't know. I don't post the episodes. <laughs> There's a plug for you, Aaron. <laughs> go to the Head Speaks. Right. There you go. Type in Real American Headcast. No one else has something called Headcast, so pull it out. I don't know. You're quite the corporate shill, my friend. I just show up and record. Aaron does all the legwork there. Ryan brings all the brains and intelligent discussion. Who? Ryan. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't buy that for a minute. But, uh, the funny thing about that is, so Ryan is originally from Illinois. Okay. Obviously, we're in Iowa here. And uh, I thought he was from a prison colony or something, but okay. Australia, possibly. You could, um, or Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Aaron is from California, but his G.I. Joe origins go to visiting his family in Nebraska. Oh, okay. So straight shot there on uh, Interstate 80, hitting Nebraska, Iowa, and Illinois for our G.I. Joe origins there. <laughs> so you remember and those? And then uh, Marvel Transformers. So Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of those four series, and then a near-complete run of Who's Who, those five. What's that? I haven't heard of that. Yeah, me either. But <laughs> those five uh, comic book series is really kind of where I developed my love and passion of comics, and those were just the first things I read, anything, books or comics. So Marvel Transformers was a fun comic. Yes, I, I picked that one off the shelf when it was coming out. And I remember the, the first couple issues say number one in a four issue limited series. series yeah. And then did they just, did, it, did that just disappear from the cover or did they make a big deal about it becoming ongoing? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it just disappeared. Issue five was the, that amazing cover. I think it was a painted cover of Shockwave, if I remember right. Yep. Which always stuck with me is like, always made me think Shockwave was a pretty badass character because of he, that cover. He was in the comics. He was kind of a lap dog in the cartoon. Okay. Wasn't he Megatron's boss or something? No, Mega. So in the comic, he was trying to usurp Megatron and take leadership of the Decepticons. Okay. So the Transformers left Cybertron, crashed on the Earth where they sat dormant for four million years. Shockwave was kind of running the show on Cybertron okay. that entire time. In the comics, Megatron, you know, they get reanimated in 1984, and Megatron makes com contact, and Shockwave's then his loyal assistant oh, back on okay. the model soldier who everybody else should be like, much to uh, Starscream's chagrin. <laughs> and uh, well, Shockwave should have been like, dude, I've been running it for four million years. I've kind of got a little more experience in this job than you now, Megatron. Yeah. Shockwave looked cooler. And then issue three, I don't know how this became something about Transformers, but issue three was Spider-Man? Isn't that I right? I think so. With the black costume. Yep. And they couldn't reprint that forever. And now they finally do have rights to. Oh, they can now? Yeah. Marvel's giving them the okay to okay. print that issue in full now. Because that was, it was not long after Spider-Man got the black costume. Because he has to like explain in the issue how his yep. costume works and everything. I remember that. That may have been the first time I ever read something with a black costume. I wonder if it was there or Marvel Team Up. Marvel Team Up was a great comic. I love that. Yep. So you inherit all these comics from your father and uncle. Yep. Found them in an attic, right? Well, my grandma would just give them to me. Oh, okay. All right. She's still pulling them out from attic and storage stuff. Just the other day, I was over there, and she gave me a, a bunch of old Gold Key Funny nice. comics. We should also plug, you're also involved with the Legion of Super Bloggers. Yep. Me too, by the way. Yes, you are. I'm like a silent partner. I really haven't done much for like six months, so I'm not much more, vocal, much more of a vocal contributor than you are. So That, that sort of explains, because well, I met Russell Burbage not too long, sorry, for again, hung out with Russell again recently, and he had an app on his phone. And it looked kind of like a dartboard. It was your face in the middle. So I, I, maybe that explains some things. Well, I don't think that's the case. He sent me an awesome housewarming present that had like <laughs> 10 superpowers figures in it. Oh, my gosh. He's such a nice guy. Yes, it's he is. It's sick how nice he is. Yes, he is. It's a sickness, Russell. It's a sickness. So you're wearing this turtle shirt celebrating the old cartoon, which I hate. I'll, I'll tell my bit, then you can tell me what's going on with turtles right now. I grew up reading the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I actually started with issue number five, like going all the way back there, before the cartoon ever started. Yep. And I remember 
where my parents would make fun of me for this comic. They'd be like, what's it called? And they could never remember the full name of it. And then my dad worked for a, a TV station, an ABC station, and they used to get ads for um, syndicated programming. And he got an ad for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's like, oh my gosh, this ridiculous thing that you read is getting a cartoon. And I was all excited. And I watched the first episode, and I friggin' hated it. I don't know, what year, what year was it, 86? 86 or 87 is when the cartoon came out. So I'm like 14 or 15 or whatever, and I'm like, I'm at that age where you're a bit of an asshole, and you think you're all self-important or whatever. Not that I don't think I am now. You're at the age where you're like, oh, this is no Ewoks cartoon. Right, exactly, <laughs> right. You know, I had, I had, a, I had standards. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I didn't like the cartoon. Now, in, in hindsight, I realized it was quite charming, and there's a lot to it, but I was all like, no, it should be dark and gritty, and Shredder should be killing people, and should be black and white. No, whatever. So, like a Ninja Turtle hipster. I guess I was. I was a Ninja Turtle hipster. It's exactly right. Counterculture. You were telling me in the store. So what's the deal now? They're publishing again or never yes. stopped? So, uh, in 2009, Peter Laird, who had, was the co-creator of Ninja Turtles, had the full controlling rights, the way I understand it, from Kevin Eastman. And then he sold those rights to Nickelodeon. And so, in 2011, IDW secured the license and they started publishing their brand new take on Ninja Turtles, independent of all the, the past uh, iterations from Mirage or Image. And then Kevin Eastman came in as kind of a creative consultant. He's kind of been co-writer on that with Tom Waltz. Okay. And that actually just hit issue 50 this past week. Issue 50? Issue 50, which oh my was God. a double-sized issue. So naturally, I was all about that. It's a pretty awesome issue. So the continuity is what? Starts over from from ground zero. So okay. it's the first in comic form new tur- take on the turtles since 1984. And totally different origin. I mean, you see hints at it. It's really kind of a nice blend in tone of the original Mirage comic series along with the more serious aspects of the original cartoon. The cartoon had serious aspects? And see, that's what's funny. You you thought the first episode sucked? The first season is like the most serious that cartoon ever Oh, was. my gosh. Oh. <laughs> um, Sorry, dude. <laughs> The only, so I, I take it you never read the Archie series in the 90s. I picked up an issue or two and I was like, oh God, it's a horrible cartoon. It, it actually diverged quite a bit and it was like super environmentally conscious. And Okay. Well, the, the only thing that I see as the as a Mirage hipster is that the benefit that came from the cartoon was the colored masks. Yes. That's the only thing I, I perceive as a benefit. Is And so the when the, the IDW series launched, they had the all red masks for the first five issues. Yeah. And then in issue five, they switched to the... At the end, they switched to the colored masks. They couldn't tell each other apart? <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for someone that hasn't read it. Oh, there's a thing? There, it's a thing? It's a story. It's element. a thing. Okay. And I was in a, I was in a, a, a hamburger joint uh, called Red Robin the other night, me and my family. And on the wall were four like charcoal drawings of famous, you know, uh, artists, artists. Thank you. You got Michelangelo, Raphael, <laughs> and, and I pointed them out to my daughter. I said, look, honey, there's Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, and, uh, Leonardo. And we we're talking about it. And each one of them had the colored masks of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was hilarious. Now, if everyone's seen these things and they're everywhere, I'm, I'm just late to the party. I don't know. But so I showed them to my daughter and I pointed them out to her and I point, I didn't, cause she asked why those guys, why are those men wearing masks, daddy? And I told her each one of the artists were, and she's like, are they the Ninja Turtles? And I like, that's right. I said, who knew when you were watching Ninja Turtles, honey, that you were learning art history? Like, I didn't know that, Daddy. I'm like, you didn't learn much art history. Don't worry, dear. You just learned their names. <laughs> Is that all you have? No. Well, uh, any idea when this episode's going to air? Uh, a little while. Okay. Because when it airs, I will hopefully be back to podcasting regularly and have a, what I hope to be weekly podcast called Turtle Tuesday. Lies! Lies! Truth. <laughs> Lies! Can I leave this in? Yes, you can leave it this in. It holds you to it? Yes. So folks, spin on over to the King Size Comics Giant Size Fun iTunes feed and just, just, I can't tell whether, uh, whether you were scratching your head or flipping me off there. No. <laughs> 
and look to see if there is, in fact, something called Turtle Tuesdays. So what are you going to be reviewing? Uh, all aspects of the oh, just a, just a Ninja random Turtles thing. Series. So you're not going to do a, a an index series. Good. Okay. No, it gives I you will probably jump around and index certain runs I like. Okay. Um, that Mirage Volume One gets <sighs> does it once uh, Eastman and Laird aren't both like working on it. Okay. One of them will occasionally write, and someone else will draw, and then there's just other people let loose on them. Uh, Rick Veach had a really awesome three issue run on that. Okay. W- that will never get reprinted because he refuses to sign a work for hire. What a pal. Contract. What a pal. But it's it's awesome. If you can find the the Rick Veach issues, which I think are 26, 27, 28, okay. they're awesome. I think I was probably done with them by then. I The yeah. one that sticks out most clearly in my mind is issue 10, with because uh, issue 10 had a fold-out mm-hmm. in it. And it was a it was very much a kapow moment, because you didn't expect a fold-out in yeah. this comic. And it's a fold-out of Shredder, who you thought was dead. Sorry, spoilers. Yep. And it's like, OMG! That, that was supposed to be OMG. It didn't come yeah. out quite right, but... Yeah. No, that, the uh, the guest uh, creator era of that volume one is kind of hit and miss. <laughs> is that like the, the spawn days when uh, Neil Gaiman would be in there and Dave Sim would be in there and all those other people and then the legal battles afterwards and... The only, the only legal value was, or battle was the, uh, kind of the Rick Veach one, but the, okay. uh, um, no, there's nothing as like pretentious and douchey as the Dave Sim <laughs> episode, which I really enjoyed, uh, that, uh, views from the long box episode of, uh, Spawn. Oh, I listened to that the other day while I was working on my house. It was it's one of the, stuff. it's one of the few ones I haven't listened to yet just cause it's Spawn. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I need to hear Michael talk about I, that. I enjoy the first few, uh, 13 or 14 issues of Spawn okay. or so. And that's, yeah. they cover the first 13. That's I think McFarlane's best work, certainly his best writing work, but I think some of his best uh, artistic work as well. All right, Kyle, I know uh, we're up against a clock here, so tell the folks, well, we've already told them where to find you. Yeah, just Google King Size Comics Giant Size Fun. Yeah, Google me. I'm that good. Or uh, search for it on Facebook, or if you go to facebook.com slash comics retro review, uh, that's the Facebook page. I don't post stuff every day like Shag. I post stuff only when episodes go up, which hasn't been like at all the last six weeks, so. I don't post, I don't post every day. Okay, you come to my page and comment on something, like, as yourself, and then you come back as Firestorm fan and like it. That's my own <laughs> ignorance, is what that is, honestly. That's like... Like, like your own comment. <laughs> I did that one time. No, I did that at first one time, because I said something asshole-ish. Yes. And I, went and I was back like, who the hell liked this? And it's like, oh, he liked his own comment. Oh, it's his Facebook page. So I cracked like, myself oh. up. I'm so funny. <laughs> anyway, folks, Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for meeting me. Thank you for inviting me to sit in your car. And by the way... It's pretty luxurious, isn't it? He's driving a Lexus. It's very nice. This is like one of the top of the line. was like the 700 series or something. I'm impressed. So anyway, thank you. That's what it is. Thank you so much, Kyle. And uh, fan the flame and ride the wave and uh, read really big, fat comic books because they're all king size. Or free or random or Ninja Turtles or there's another one in there somewhere. Uh, I think it's the Crisis uh, crisis on Multiple Earths. Yeah. Yeah, uh Write letters to him. Ask him for those. Bye. That's going to do it. Very special thanks to our guests, Little Russell Burbage, Professor Alan Quarterbin, Emily Middleton, Tom Zoller, Michael Bradley, Al Girding, J.C. Byro, Kyle Benning, Michael Bailey, David Sopko, and coming up in a minute, Daniel Cynical Adams and Ashton Burge. You can find all these folks out on the interwebs. Uh, I've got links in the show notes, so go find those links. Check those out. Visit all these folks. Tell them the Fire and Water podcast sent you. I'm really appreciative of them spending their time with me. Quite frankly, they probably went home and realized 
was. That was a waste of time. But anyway, I enjoyed it. That's really all that matters in the scheme of things. If you'd like to visit uh, Rob or I on the interwebs, you can visit AquamanShrine.net or FirestormFan.com. You can find both of us on the social medias, Facebook and Twitter, both of us under those handles. I'm also on Google+, Instagram, Tumblr, and Pinterest. You can visit our Tumblr at FireAndWaterPodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll be able to find some pictures of these lovely folks that I visited with on this trip. Or you can email us at FireWaterPodcast at Comcast.net. And of course, if you want to visit Rob, you can also find him uh, on this feed on the Film and Water podcast. Apparently, he doesn't have time to do this show, but he can crank one of those out every five minutes. You can also find him on Twitter under Film and Water Pod. As promised, we're going to close out the show with the new updated version of our closing theme by the Bad Mamma Jammas, with me doing my best to ruin the vocals. Until next time, thanks for listening and fan the flame, ride the wave. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice and see a land in there. Aquaman and Firestorm, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah!